Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. I am the hockey editor here at Action, and joining me as always is my friend, the professional better known as So Money Sports. And So Money, uh, we always start this show off with a bang by giving out our favorite underdogs for the upcoming slate. For this, it'll be Tuesday, January 18th, and uh, we both landed on the same one. And since they are the team closest to your heart, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Michael. So we are, our underdog of the day is going to be the Canucks. Predators are on a back-to-back and the Canucks are on the last leg here of a brutal road trip, which hasn't really been that bad. So um, I, I was dreading this trip, but the Canucks have played well for the most part. They got overrun there by the Canes, but they hung in there against the Panthers and um, in a terrible situation. And they also hung in there with, uh, with with Tampa Bay as well. And of course, the win against Washington. So it hasn't been a terrible road trip. And this is an opportunity here to salvage um, a couple of points here. The Predators are playing against the Blues on Monday night. And as of recording, we don't know for sure who is starting for the Preds against the Blues. I'm assuming that we're going to get Soros and Ned, which would leave Riddick for the Canucks. And if that is the case, at plus 155, um, which is a number right now, um, I do like like the Canucks at that number, assuming that it's going to be against uh, Riddick. Uh, I'm with you. I think with the Predators on a back-to-back, you're getting two teams that are playing pretty well defensively. The Canucks have only allowed just under two goals against per 60 minutes at five and five since Boudreaux arrived. And we know we've spoken about the Predators defense. So I think this game could end up being a rock fight. And with Riddich and net, you're looking at the significant goaltending advantage for the Canucks. I do wonder when Riddich, if he is confirmed, it does stand to suggest the number of what you would play it down to, because I do assume this number will dip by the time folks are listening to this in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if he does start, um, I would play this down to plus 132-ish. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was going to say 130 or better, I think is a good number on uh, Vancouver with the goaltending advantage, the rest advantage. And then they get to go home happy, hopefully with two points in their pocket after, yeah, just an ill-timed and tough road trip for your Canucks. But I think one thing you can note, you know, this is much more subjective than it is objective, but in a situation like that, that's this is where the coaching kind of shines through. And, and I've started to notice this with Barry Trotz coaching my Islanders that when the schedule throws them a loop, they don't seem to wilt like they used to under Capuano. And I think Boudreaux seems to have these guys on the same page. Whereas I think if Travis Green was in charge, uh, who knows how this road trip would have panned out. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting point. Like, I wonder if it has to do with uh, as coaches get more experienced and they understand how to handle the players better and the and the scheduling spots. Yeah, I can. It's tough to quantify that, but that's something that would be interesting to look deeper into for sure. And speaking of Trotz and Boudreau, uh, they're former both of them, their former team, the Washington Capitals. They're minus one forty hosting the Winnipeg Jets plus one twenty. This is seven p.m. puck drop with a five and a half over under at the moment. I think I'll end up being on the Jets in this game, but I'm going to wait. I just want to make sure everything 
pans out with lineups and such. But the Capitals are going through a little bit of a rough patch, 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. They are allowing 2.5 goals against per 60. And I think as you'll talk about, their goaltending situation is very tenuous at the moment. And for a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations and got off to a start that would back those aspirations up, probably need to do something about that. There's always a couple of teams every year where we think that, you know, this team could have all the tools to go all the way, but they just don't have consistent goaltending. Now, granted, Samsonov, he was expected to take the next step this year and really come into his own. He hasn't, um, which for a goalie as as it is, what we've talked about it, how, uh, how fickle they can be. And you add his youth to that as well. I mean, it's just a tough situation. So in this game, we do have lineup concerns for both teams. Uh, for the Jets, Paul Stastny is with the team in Washington. Um, so he is getting closer. Um, and for the Caps, we're waiting on um, Oshie and Carlson status. So again, regardless of who's starting for Washington, um, the Jets have the goaltending edge with uh, Connor Hellebuck here. I suspect Vanacek does get the start. And for this season, at least, he has proven to be a slight upgrade in goal. It has been tough to gauge the Jets because while they've had so many guys in and out of the lineup, like, like a lot of teams, they've only played 34 games and only your Islanders have played less in the league. So it's really tough to get a gauge there. Um, I think Stastny will play. And if either Oshie or Carlson are out, that does give me an edge on the Jets at the uh, at, at the current market number. A real doozy of a matchup, the Buffalo Sabres plus 120, traveling to Ottawa to take on the Senators who are coming back minus 140. The over-under here set at six. Aaron Dell, after he earned a big win against the Nashville Predators after our last episode, he was in goal again today, so that might mean Michael Hauser starts for Buffalo against the Senators, and the Sens don't have a great goaltending situation of their own, but it's pretty tough to back Hauser or Matt Murray in this, so I'm going to be passing. Buffalo doesn't create scoring chances, and then meanwhile, the Senators give up a lot, so this is a, a matchup thing where there's like, you could see this game going 100 different ways, and I'll probably just stay away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a bit of a strange scheduling situation here for both teams as well. The Sabres are on a back-to-back and going to Ottawa for for a quick one-game trip while the Sens are are coming home for one game here in between a two-game Western trip and a three-team road trip. Um, We don't usually see that often. Um, And as we talked about all season, the Sabres goaltending situation is the focal point here. Dell started uh, Monday in Detroit, and I think, as you said, we'll probably see Hauser on Tuesday. But it honestly wouldn't surprise me if we see Dell back to back as well. In all honesty, though, like once we're here talking about fifth and sixth stringers, uh, does it really matter who's <laughs> starting? Um, I mean, if if either of them had an impact on the line, they, they wouldn't be so low on the depth chart. So it does look like Ottawa um, has returned to their giant killer form from last season after an impressive um they look good in, in Calgary and a surprising comeback in Edmonton. And in those games, they closed at plus 240 and plus 175, respectively. Um, I think the goaltending edge um, is captured in the current market number. So I'll, I'll end up passing on this game. But um, Ottawa is a team that when they're punching up, I think that and they're healthy, um, that's a team that um, that we should be looking at. That's a team that I feel relatively comfortable backing as a big dog. But in this case, uh, there's no... There's no play here against Buffalo. Yeah, it's really interesting that the Senators did this last year too. Really slow start, even against those big teams. And then all of a sudden they just turned it on for these spots and and ended up being a team that was pulling upsets against Toronto and Edmonton and Winnipeg. It's it's really a strange phenomenon. And to see it happen in another season is interesting because I was expecting them to be like, okay, they they showed that they can win those games in spurts. Now they maybe they'll put together a more consistent season and they really just reverted back to uh, where they were last year. Uh, Very very odd team. 
Yeah, yeah, we we like expected them to like take the next step and like they were ready to go, but then like the early season COVID, the injuries, like it just it's just been killing them for a for like a better part of two years now. Yeah, it seems it like I'll look back at the numbers here, but it seems like Ottawa has been one of the teams that's been that's been impacted the most. Like if you look at both the years combined. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I think if you said, you know, if you took the quote unquote COVID era, the two seasons, which teams do you think got messed with the most? And I think the Senators and the Stars would be the two that come to my mind right away. There's an 8 p.m. nationally televised game, I believe on TNT, between the Carolina Hurricanes plus 110 traveling to Boston to take on the Bruins, who are red hot right now. Man, they're minus 130. The over-under here is five and a half. Boston eight and one in their last nine games. 4.2 goals uh, per 60 minutes of five and five, 2.43 against. They're generating 3.04 expected goals per 60 and giving up just 1.79 in that span. Uh, 63% expected goals rate, which is tops in the league over the streak. They have hit their form. They're scoring. We see them do this a lot, and it just depends on how long can they keep it up for. Last year, after they traded for Taylor Hall, they played the rest of the regular season as a team like this with these kind of numbers. I don't know if they'll be able to keep it up. I think you're, you're looking at a, a pretty high point in the market on Boston. However, Carolina is struggling defensively. We've talked about it over the show and those numbers are starting to get even worse. They're playing very high event, 2.91 goals and just above three expected goals against per 60 minutes over the last 10 matches against Boston, who's firing on all cylinders. I don't want to get in the way here. So I'll be passing on Carolina and Boston, but I will say that I think there will come a time and we're getting close to uh, sell high on the Bruins. I would generally agree with that. This is going to be one of those, uh, I guess, handful of games that come up every year where I sit and I just think that, you know what, I just want to watch this game. I'm going to take my analytic hat off and just try to enjoy it. It's not going to work out that way. It never does. But uh, yeah, these are a couple of elite teams here. There's not much that's separating them right now. I do still want to give uh, Rask a couple of games just to kind of get solidify my my numbers on him here a bit. The loss of Natchez for the Canes, it does hurt them quite a bit. Uh, it's probably not as pronounced um, as it should be. And he's probably the reason that I will stay off this game. But I will try to enjoy it. And um, hopefully that works out for me here. Yeah, Tuga looked solid enough against the Flyers. Couple like weird timing things it looked like, but I, I think it's more likely than not that he just kind of goes back to the goalie we've we've seen over the past decade for the Bruins. But like you said, still way too early to to back that notion. 8:30 p.m. puck drop Eastern time. That's Montreal taking on Dallas. The Habs plus 210. The Stars minus 250. The over under here is five and a half. To me, the Stars are a team that just doesn't profile well as a strong favorite. Their offense can go cold at any moment. Jason Robertson, one of their best forwards, he's going to be questionable for this matchup. But then again, I mean, the Canadians, they're playing at a 43-point pace right now. <laughs> this team just came off a Stanley Cup runner-up season, and now they're playing at a 43-point pace, which would be the worst since the shootout era. That's just not a team, even at this number, which I'm assuming is only going to tick up, even with the Robertson news. It's just I can't get behind the Habs. It's frustrating. The Canadians are also playing on Monday night and congratulations to them. They will be the first, the first team to be an underdog to the Arizona Coyotes this season. So that just tells you where Montreal is at. Uh, anything for you here? No, no, nothing here. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't spent much time on this game. I, I, I don't think I will. Um, there's, yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's a price for, for, for everybody, for every team. Um, it's going to take something, so, something obnoxious for me to back the Habs <laughs> here, but um, yeah, at this point, uh, I, I can't see myself getting involved in this game. Before we get to our best bets, the last game we will touch on is Tampa Bay. Uh, they're minus 170. 
traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Kings, who are plus 140. Uh, the overrunner here is five and a half. Los Angeles is playing pretty good hockey. Uh, they're playing Monday as well, uh, with Jonathan Quick is starting. So it's likely we'll see Cal Peterson Tuesday night. But uh, I think this number looks just about right. I, let's say the Lightning are maybe even a tad uh, short of where they'll likely end up. So I'm going to be passing here. Do you have anything for Bolts and Kings? I might have something here. So uh, Tampa Bay has quietly returned uh, to posting very solid defensive results here after kind of a brief period of uh, of leaky defensive play, even through missing key uh, key defensemen from the lineup. The Kings have also been trending well defensively for quite a while now, and um, I don't expect that to change on Tuesday night. We will monitor um, Palat's status um, for the optimal strike price, but um, I will probably be on the under here, and I'm going to be aiming for uh, for a plus money, five and a half. Yeah, the Kings, um, actually, I think, yeah, they are. They're the first overall in five and five goals against per 60 right now. So really interesting team uh, getting great goaltending from Jonathan quick and Cal Peterson has started to show some form as well. All right. Uh, with that, we'll move on to top shelf bets. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Our favorite bets for Tuesday, January 18th. I'll let you start. You're going to be talking about the Panthers. They're minus 115 traveling to the flames minus one Oh five at the moment. The over under is six. This is a 9 PM Eastern puck drop. What do you have? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, what else can we talk about with the with the Panthers? That they just they just want to go out and outscore you every game, and and they can. The Flames have been interesting. They're no longer an under team that they were earlier in the season, and uh, Markstrom has also been trending in the in the wrong direction here. I I, I want to say about seven eight games here. Um, I'm not sure if he's being overworked or he's a little dinged up, but he just hasn't looked the same. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that um, he's had a history of trying to uh, play through injuries. So that is something to keep an eye on. Like every Panthers game, the over will be gone quick as soon as the real market opens up. So we will be on the over and we'll be forced to move quick on that game. Yeah, the Panthers 8-0-1 with 54 goals scored. Incredible. Six goals per game including two games where they scored nine, two separate games where he scored nine goals, uh, only 24 goals against in that span, plus 30 goal differential in nine games. Calgary, on the other hand, two, seven and one in their last 10, 26 goals scored and 39 goals against. And you do wonder, look, the Flames had that COVID outbreak. And I know everyone said, you know, they were asymptomatic and, and everyone was fine. However, they had a really good start to the season. And even before that break, they were starting to slow down a, a little bit. But you wonder, just you disrupt the schedule like that. You disrupt Markstrom, who was in, in great form. You disrupt his rhythm. And you wonder what kind of long-lasting effects it can have on a team. I do expect they'll, they'll like slowly revert back towards being an upper-tier team. But I don't know if we'll ever see them playing as well as they did in that stretch in late October and November. And for my favorite bet, I'm going to do it. The New York Islanders, their short favorites, minus 125 against the Philadelphia Flyers, who are plus 105. This game is a 7 p.m. puck drop. These two teams are playing on Monday night against each other. That game will feature Ilya Sorokin and Martin Jones. Uh, so we'll see, in all likelihood, Simeon Varlamov and Carter Hart on Tuesday night. And even with that, I think Varlamov is, is really starting to play better. As a goaltender, he had a slow start to the season. He was coming off an injury. It does seem like we're getting vintage Simeon Varlamov back. And meanwhile, we've talked about it with like the Canucks before the coaching change or with some of these other teams the Montreal Canadiens, et cetera. Uh, there just comes a point with a team where where they've kind of just thrown up their hands and given up on a season. And I think we're there with the Flyers. They did have a nice little dead cat bounce after they changed coaches to Mike Yo. But besides getting a couple wins, maybe through extra effort, their numbers have just not gotten any better. And I think we're going to start to see the Islanders slowly. It's going to likely be too late for them to make an impact in the season. But I think we'll see them get back towards the team that we saw the last three seasons 
seasons under Barry Trotz, maybe not as elite as they were last season, but, and I want to beat the market there. And I think minus 125 is is a decent price. Who, who knows where the market will move because these two teams are playing on Monday night. But I think Islanders as, as a short favorite, you know, minus 135, I would say would be it or worth a bet in Philadelphia on the road. Do you have anything for Isles and Flyers? I will be sitting out this game, but um, I will be cheering for you. Um, I just... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can't get involved in Flyers games right now. Um, so I will be cheering for you. Um, it, it's funny. I think that the Islanders uh, are probably, when I glance at the standings and the number of games they have on everybody, they're probably like the only team left in the East that has a legitimate shot to, um, I wouldn't say legitimate, but but a shot to make the playoffs. So um, yeah, so that's a team that I'll be watching closely. Let's see if they can go on a run here and um, with their games in hand and try to get back into the race. Yeah. And before the show, I said that, you know, that they had just come off a disappointing loss. I was in in the building to watch them lose two nothing against the Capitals. But including that game, their last 10 games played, they're playing at 106 point pace. If they can kind of steady the ship and play towards that number, which they need to do to even have a hope of making the playoffs, they'll be interesting. And I do like what I'm hearing out of the team talking about. They're hyper aware of their situation and, and the games at hand, obviously. So I think the Islanders are worth you're still kind of getting a buy low number on the islanders at this number against a team that is just absolutely tanking right now in philadelphia and on that note we will conclude another episode of line change for so many sports i'm michael leboff we will see you on thursday morning and we wish you the best of luck on tuesday with your hockey bets